Okay, good morning, gentlemen. So, uh, we're in the middle of 101B. We're going to start again in the middle of the page. And uh, we want to know, there's a laws of Shavias, sabbatical year, the fruits become holy. The question is, what about the wood? Does the wood also become holy in the same way and have the dinim apply to sabbatical wood? So, we have a little bit of a contradiction and so Rava, Rava, Rummy, Ravi asked the Rummy. We got our boys and we got our Rummies. Uh, the boys usually like a question, you know, Rummy is from one place to an, in two different sources. There seems to be a contradiction. So let's begin. Tanan, we learned. Me, Min, Hatsovin, from the types of um, plants that are used to make dye. And they are Svike, Stis, Vikotza, whatever those are. I don't know if the art scroll tells us exactly what those dyes are. Sapphire and woad. Safflower, okay, and woad. So, vakotza yesh lehem shviyas. So the first view is, even though these are, are not fruit, they're, they're not so edible, they're not edible at all, they're just made to cook out the dye, but the rules of shviyas apply, and not only that, if you do business with them, it transfers to the money, lehem shviyas, beer, and then when there's no more left in the field, you have to take it out of your storage room with a Demeyan beer. So Alma, you see from this basic concept, that even though it's not food per se, it's just what we would call wood, uh, the laws of Shvias apply. But let's ask a contradiction. If you gathered different branches uh, vines, uh, of sticks and vines uh, that were gathered uh, on the field uh, from, the, from the, the land. So what was the purpose? Uh, and you put them in a storage area. So if you gather them to eat them, then they have, these would be like grape leaves. These are more like leafy types of parts. Leafs, uh, so you'd say, well, who eats leaves? Well, guess what? It's like uh, today we eat um, uh, we eat all kinds of leaves. You know, lettuce is basically like uh, you know it's uh, it's leaf, you know it's uh, and then and then we eat uh, nori seaweed. You know, who would believe? Like a few years ago, if you'd say what kale is a big thing. Kale is a big thing, right? These are all leaves, right? So the question is, uh, is that really food? <laughs> is that or is that just roughage? It doesn't really uh, is that called food? Stuffed grape leaves is a Persian dish, I think, isn't it? Yes, yes. So our question is, though, is, if, is it only the food part of plants, or is it even the leafy, woody part of plants? So this source seems to say it depends. If you did it, uh, if you gathered them for eating, then it has Kedusha Shviyas. If you did it for wood, Intrinsically, anything for wood, any kind of wood use, amen, Kedusha Shvius. So we started off saying that these plants for dye, even though they're like wood, uh, have Shvius. And here we see that wood doesn't have Shvius. So which one is it? So Omishani, and he answers. There's, it depends on how the wood is used. It says, uh, It says when you eat it, you eat it, you benefit from it in the current form. Yatsu eats him, whereas the wood that they use, Shahanasan Akabir, 
they would burn the wood to create the charcoals, and then it would be used later. So the types of things that Shviyas apply to are where you have an immediate benefit at that time, not something that the benefit comes afterwards. Morris says, yeah, but there are different kinds of wood. There's wood that you make charcoal, but there's also etzim demushkan. There's also the oil wood. There's a wood that has uh, an oil in it itself, and it makes like a torch. And there you benefit from it at that moment. And um, uh, are you telling me that uh, then Shviya should apply? And I thought we said it doesn't apply. So Amarava, he says, well, that may be there's some wood like that, but the average wood uh, is, uh, for, um, is, is not for light, is not for a torch, and therefore the average wood would not apply to shviyas for fuel. Let's see the top Rashi on today's page. Uh, most wood is for fuel, for warmth, not necessarily for light. Therefore, it has the status of Wood, uh, and therefore, once it's wood, shvius won't apply. But those plants that are used, what do you call it, woad, uh, whatever the uh, safflower and woad, those are made for dye. Therefore, they become kedusha uh, Even if you use them. For a fire. Now, what about those other things, those grape leaves and those other leaves? They're, believe it or not, they're people that eat them, but Yesha and some people burn them. So, therefore, it depends on who the, what the picker was thinking. It's interesting what the picker, not you know, the. Uh, these are annuals that they're talking about, so I don't even know how those got planted during Shiva. Or even while Ravai even is applicable, because it's not like it's. Um, You'd have to plant it on purpose, is what you're saying. Like annually. Yeah. How do you know they're annual? What, what is like that? Or? Uh, a these are all, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, these aren't. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what wool is. I'm not sure what that <laughs> is either. But, <laughs> but for the most part, there must be some kind of a variety here that yeah, just yeah, grows. This is woody stuff. Is that, do you have a, a something that produces, I mean, do you have something that's an annual and produces some sort of woody growth? That's a good. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't. I can't think of anything else. I, I was know. wondering if the leaves are also considered like wood. That it almost sounds like that. Uh, as far as it's just like not like food. The problem the, is, is that whatever it is they're talking about, this is something that stays in the ground, mamish, and, and, and ends up having, uh, or like, you know, mm-hmm, right. So basically, uh, it comes out that that when it's just for burning, then shvius doesn't apply. But when it has other uses, either for dye or for light or for, for eating, then shvius would apply. That's, that's the basic answer that comes out. It depends on the, the use. But the, 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 but the, this is, we're talking about shvius, not ruvius. So every seventh year, you can't, um, you know, you, you can't um, uh, fertilize them and weed them and cultivate no. them, and you have to make them. So, yeah, this, is, this applies to perennials. Mm-hmm. It's annuals. Um, it's the same thing, right? Right, but what, how would they have ever gotten seeded, though, to plant? Well, maybe you, maybe you were hoping they would grow grow in beforehand, <laughs> and they they were left in the yeah. ground, or yeah, yeah. yeah. Once, once you seed them, they take a number of years before they will. 
produce fruit, but yeah, they're there every seventh oh, year. Oh, I so. see. Oh, yes. okay, that's interesting. All right, I see. Yeah. So this issue, whether we assume they, that these plants are for burning or not, so Omer of Kadav Eitzim Lasaka Tanohi. It seems like that this is part of an earlier discussion. It's not. Uh, we learned. Ain most from Perishvius. You don't give sabbatical fruits, lola mashra, velola kfusta, not to the laundry man or to the soaking man. You had, a, you had the rinser and the washer. Those were two different stages. Um, uh, because they, uh, basically these are, have a certain holiness in them. And um, uh, the, um, we, we're not supposed to denigrate the perishvius and use them uh, for the laundry chemicals or other things. Rabbi Yossi said, no, some perishvius is so kamashra. You could do it. So my time to Rabbanit. What's the reason Rabbanit? The Torah says that sabbatical fruits are for eating and not for soaking. And not for making the washing chemicals. Whatever you want to use it for. Um, th- this is part of the discussion, by the way. Um, it, to us, it mostly comes up, uh, and uh, it could still come up this year. I, I don't want to say it should. Uh, there, during the sabbatical year, they create a certain amount of produce that has Kedusha Shvias, and um, it doesn't, people don't buy it in Israel. Uh, sometimes they're really not supposed to, or they prefer not to for various reasons. And so it gets shipped out to us in Chutzlaret. <laughs> and it looks very similar to the non-sabbatical years. It just has different Hebrew writing on the bottle. And so every year, around Pesach time, uh, it's very common that people, by mistake, get some sabbatical wine. It has Kedusha Shvias on it. So, I thought it wasn't allowed to leave. It's not, but it does. Oh, and people that own the wine companies aren't religious, aren't Jewish, or whatever, and the, and the wine, it's, the holiness, it's not supposed to leave Eretz Yisrael, right? But it does. And what if you buy it by mistake? You know, one bottle, whatever, that's different years, it just happens to be... We warn people to look. So one of the issues is that you can't... Um, a lot of people don't like wines, but they're polite. And so they take a little sip, and they, especially kids, and they leave the rest in those little cups. But you then dump it in the garbage. You can't <laughs> dump Shvius wine in the garbage. But usually no one else is going to drink it once that little kid took the sip from it, right? Or the, and, that's, and then also for Havdola... Uh, you don't drink all the wine. Some of it spills over. So none of, you have to be careful what you do with Shvius wine. Over here, the question is, they had a way to make Tide or all. They mixed in some Shvius wine or Shvius, you know, as one, can you use it for those things? So that's a debate. If you can use it for the Mishra, for the soak, and for the wash cycle, can you use it? Okay. Uh, what do the rabbis do? It says, it's, it's to you like eating. When you benefit right away, but you're not allowed to use it for the, the wash and the rinse, because there you benefit from it later, from soaking, from cleaning out. Doesn't it say to eat? He uses it for the following. La that you use sabbatical fruits for eating, velola and you don't use it for plaster. They used to use it for band-aids. Uh, they knew how to make a a, a medicinal uh, Rashi says Lamaluga al plaster. Plaster. The word like plaster of Paris, it's like a it's a uh, it's a it was a salve that they made. 
Is that for that? Maybe it's for eating and not for washing. But it says for you. So again, on the one hand, it says eating. On the other hand, it says for you, which is whatever you want. So we include um, the washing and we exclude with for the sabbatical years, you're allowed to do that. And we exclude uh, to use for the plaster uh, for medicinal. So mind me, why does it say for eating? For eating and not for plaster. Well, my rice. How do we know to include one and exclude the other? How do we know we uh, include the washing uh, using the, the food of Shriyas for the washing and we exclude it for the plaster? So Gamor says the Rabbis the Kfusa, how do we know to include Kfusa and we exclude the plaster? Marbanias the Kfusa to shove of a colada. Everybody's got to wash clothes. And I exclude uh, for medicinal shame, not, not everybody needs the plaster. Come on, also, who does it go like? It's eating and not for plaster. Sometimes they use it for air freshener. They had good smelling uh, spices, they would sprinkle them around. They also, if you the right spices, they used to use to get people to throw up. Apuktizim. Uh, <laughs> That's the. Uh, what does that mean? The Romans. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they like to press and then uh, get rid of it and then do it again. Right. Or sometimes a person eats something that doesn't agree, so then they eat an apocotizin to cause them to uh, uh, oh, uh, vetch. <laughs> Rashi says, like, to, to vetch it out or like to. to like, uh, so, is that like. That's like Rabbiosi. Rabban and Ikanami, Mishir Kusa. According to him, the. Uh, the, uh, you're also not allowed to do the washing and the soaking. So we have a big debate here about these uh, other plants, um, about the sabbatical foods, whether or not you can use them for the various uses that you sometimes will use, whether they can be used for the medicinal things, either the plaster or the, uh, the air freshener or the, uh, the apoptesin. Okay, moving on. So then we said, Rabbi Yehuda Omar Ima Shvach. So we said that when the, uh, the person who you hired didn't do what he was supposed to, so uh, in a case where he did it a little bit but not enough, so you have the upper hand as far as what you pay him. You, we said you can either pay him uh, just for his materials or you can pay him what you benefited from. You get, there is some increase in value, even though he didn't do it the way you wanted him to do. There's an increase in value. That's a shvach. So we said you always have the choice of paying either shvach or, or the yitziah, the increase, the materials, what he laid out. That's the yitziah. So yasir yosek He said the halachas like Rabbi Yehuda ben Karka, halacha Rabbi Yehuda, and he said we paskin like Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah. Who said you can do either, uh, either of the two lower payments? When Rav Yosef heard this, Adra Rav Yosef he turned around. Um, they they had you know the, they they didn't just help people like you know you had a Rebbe giving a class if he was unhappy with something, there was a you had to know the way he uh, he turned away so that was body language body language yeah. that's right that's right so. Uh, that's yeah. not a good thing, right? <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Right, right, that's right. Yeah. He says you can pay either way. You can either pay what he laid out, or you can pay uh, the increase in value you had. 
So in other words, you don't get a full refund. You don't just get your money back for the wool or for the wood. Uh, you have to accept the wool or the wood that he, the craftsman did a terrible job on. But you, you have the upper hand as far as payment. You just either have to pay what you benefited or what he laid out. That's what Yehuda said. So, uh, but when he quoted that in front of Rev Yosef, he got the uh, the body language that that wasn't good. So, Omar um, So, the fact that I quoted the halacha that was like Rishuah bin Korcha, that was not something that uh, was not not necessary because I would have thought Silka that We usually hold like the majority. So it was good that we said that. That wasn't the reason he got. The, the bad body language. And uh, the reason he got the bad body language was for the other teaching, and we'll, we'll get there in a second. Umahi, what's this uh, other halacha that he's mentioning over here about Rishuah ben Korcha? Something that we haven't learned yet. It, it got mentioned because it got thrown in together with the halacha like Reb Yehuda in our Mishnah, so we're going to learn it now. What is that? Uh, the rule is the following. The um, uh, we don't do anything on the holidays of the pagans before their holidays uh, because they uh, we don't do something that will make them celebrate or be happy on their holidays. So uh, if they manage to, the person, when they pay off their debt, they tear up their mortgage, they're happy. So you don't go to them the day before. If you have a mortgage that the pagan owes, you don't collect on the, right on their holiday or right before, because then they will say an extra prayer to their gods, thanking them that they finally paid off the Jew. You don't do that. But But if it was a loan that wasn't in writing, you are allowed to uh, collect from them. Because since it wasn't in writing, it could always be denied, and it's hard to collect. And therefore, you, uh, you're not obligated to lose it. You might not even ever get it. So you're allowed to get it before their holiday. Let's see Rashi. Um, Milva Bishtar, it's about eight, ten lines from the bottom. Uh, you can't collect. Before their holiday. Because they'll be happy. And they'll go and give thanks to their, their, getchka, their, their idols. On their holiday. They say, don't do... You know, you just don't keep the collections office closed before their holidays. So, but, but Rav Yeshua ben Korcha, he said you could collect those things that you may have a hard time collecting later, the stuff that's oral. So uh, he, that was, he said that the laws of Yeshua ben Korcha, you might have thought we hold like the Rabbanin. So that actually wasn't a bad body language for him. What was that? From the fact that he said, Allah is like Yehuda. So, and the reason he got the, um, the he turned around was because he said something unnecessary. Ah, that's obvious. Everybody knows that. You don't say obvious things in front of the radical. I mean, learning is important. You don't want to just throw around something not needed. Why should it have been obvious? Because it's a machlokas ve'achakstam. It's true there was a machlokas. Uh, Rabbi Huda and the Rabbanan. And how do we know? We hold that. But the answer is, there's another Mishnah later that doesn't list it as a machlokas. And that tells you that even though it was argued about at one time, it was resolved. And so clearly we, it was resolved like Rabbi Yehuda because there's a Stam Mishnah later. So the, therefore it should have been obvious to everybody that Halacha was like Rabbi Yehuda. 
where is that? And Machlokas Rachakstam, whenever there's an, one Mishnah has his two opinions. And then afterwards, another Mishnah just lists one opinion. Clearly, Halacha Kastam, that looks like Stam. So, uh, so, where were these two Machlokas? Is in Baba Kama, our Mishnah. Litzvilo Edom, you hired him to do red, Vesavu Shachar. And he dyed it black, Shachar Vesavu Edom. Rev Mayer says, you get a full refund, no slow to make Semro. You get your wool back. You, he ruined, if, even though he, you hired him to die, and he died. Uh, he did the dying, but he died at the wrong color. Rev Mayer says, color is significant. You can, you're entitled to a full refund. You didn't want a purple sweater. You wanted a green one, whatever. Rabbi Yehuda says, Imashvach. He says, no. He did what he was hired. He just did a bad job. So you use the formula to pay him less. Imashvach. If the increase in value is more than what he laid out, so no, so you just pay him what he laid out. if what he laid out is more than the shred. No, so in our Mishnah, it's listed as a machlokis. And where is the stam? In Bob It's coming up, the Tanan. Anybody, anytime somebody doesn't follow your directions, yada ala textona. In business, if he, if he's the one who didn't do what he was supposed to, he's going to have the lower hand. He's going to have to take the lesser amount. And also, if you're the one backing out, also yada ala textona. So the bottom line is, we see clearly, like Rabbi Yehuda, that it's not that the sale's undone, you just get poorer terms. So the bottom. Uh, so that's why Reb Huna turned around on him. Um, I'm sorry. That's why Reb Yosef turned around on him. We don't need any students saying obvious stuff here in the base madrash. So I, what Reb Huna wasn't just a, he. He wasn't small potatoes. He was the great Reb Huna. So why did he think to say it? If it, why did he, what was he? Why what was he thinking? The answer is I'll tell you why. Silka didn't mean ain't seder Mishnah. There's a big debate. We don't, the Mishnah, the Mishnahis we have aren't necessarily in a certain order. So the, the concept that if there's a machlokis and later on it's resolved, that would only work if in one Mesechta where you knew for a fact that it was resolved and which came first. But but what about if it, we thought we quote one opinion in, uh, in one place and then later on we argue, we see the opposite. We see that it wasn't accepted. So since there's no state of the Mishnah, we don't know. So that's a good point. And why did Rabbi Yosef turn around? If that, that is true, that there's no order, then you could always say, And maybe the Machlokas was second. But Rav Huna, he answers, Kilo, I mean, it's true. And uh, sometimes there's no order in the Mishnah. That's... Um, uh, the in one mesechta, al matre mesechta savrini. In two mesechtas, you could have that. There's no within one mesechta. There is an order. We don't say ain't seder lemishna. There is an order in one mesechta, but in two mesechtas, there's not. So it's possible something there was learned before over here. Within two different Masechtas, you could have something in a Masechta that we thought was learned secondary was actually learned before something that's learned uh, in this Masechta. Now, with something in a... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, wasn't it originally that all the Bubbas were one and that uh, they only broke them up later on? So really, ah, so that's exactly what the Gemara is going to say. Yeah. Very good. 
Rav Yosef Kulin So Rav Yosef, the reason he said it was obvious is because it's all one nesechta. So you would say there's an order to, as, as Richard is saying. So that's why he turned. He, this, this you didn't. In other words, we need to know there, there's one Mishnah that lists it as an argument, and there's one Mishnah that lists it as plain. And so if we knew for a fact uh, which one was second, we would know what the halacha is. So uh, the reason Rav Yosef said it was um, because it's in two different mesechtas, we wouldn't necessarily know which one came first. But the reason Rav Yosef said it's obvious is because it's not really two mesechtas, because all of Nezikin is considered one. Um, uh, or, that's one answer. Since it was said in like a general sense, it's one, it was said in a way that implied it was a final ruling. So that, then we would have known that that's the end. We, we, would have, we knew that wasn't learned earlier. Okay. The bottom line is we're ready to move on. But uh, there was this, this particular story, whether or not it was obvious which came first and, and therefore who the halacha was like, that was the debate about that particular story. Okay. Let's look at Tosos here. Middle Tosos. What does it mean, ain't seder la Mishnah? There's no order to Mishnah. The Pamim, Tosos says, sometimes Hanushona shalo al seder. It wasn't learned in the order it was taught. The Shemitkila shot above Metziah. Maybe first we learned Bab Metziah where it was the Stam, and then we learned Baba Kama where it was the Machlokas. And really, um, um, yeah, and it was reversed. But then later on he organized it. But it, it's not real clear. Again, they. Um, was written over several years, and they had to write it. They had to record it based on when they had the testimony, and so uh, you, you you can't always go by the order. Okay, As we go to a new subject, you uh, give money to the shlucho. You give money to your messengers. Um, that's the uh, um, uh, really. If you look at all the stories of the Chorban about Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. You sent somebody to invite somebody, or the uh, Martis Bas Basis, she sent him to buy white bread, and then they only had dark bread. And uh, they, they, people always used, they always sent people. There, there's something, uh, it's just interesting. What? The Schlepper, right. So you, you, you don't do your own, you, you call up Uber Eats and you order something, and guess what? They don't bring you back the right thing. Always happens, right? So Lika Gloki. something else. What?
uh, an ultra picky syndrome. Like sometimes, basically, sometimes you have to accept the second best. You know, I know you wanted white flour, but so you take the black flour. I know you wanted, uh, you know, whatever it was, the better quality. But so the problem was that too many people were only accepting things a certain way. They were very rigid. That's, that's the way some people learn that, that part of that discussion. But here we're dealing with uh, the messenger didn't do what he was supposed to. And really the question is, uh, did it work? Uh, there they were afraid to make it work, cause, uh, but okay. So you send him to get him wheat, and he buys barley. Or you sent him to get barley and he bought wheat. So Tanichat. So one in one Tana it said, in Pixu Pixulo, if there's a loss of money to the uh, the the cost, so then the, the messenger has to accept the loss because he, he bought the wrong thing. On the other hand, he may zero, but if there's an increase in value, then he gets to keep it. If there's a loss, he has to accept the loss because he blew it. He didn't follow instructions. Vimo zero, but if there's a gain, Epsa, they split it because uh, it was her money. So, uh, but it's a contradiction. Which one is true? The answer is there's different opinions about this. Uh, you, uh, you ignore the instructions, so it's yours. In other words, had you bought what you were supposed to buy, it would have belonged to the owner. But since you ignored, you, you were supposed to buy wheat, and you bought barley, it's your barley. So good or bad, it's yours. That's what Rabbi Meir holds, Shina Kona. And Rabbi Yehuda says, Shina Enu Kona. No, the fact that you ignored the instructions. So that would explain the two opinions over there. My, how do you know that this is that argument? Maybe that's only if there's something that you eat. So if, if you want it for yourself, then you have the right to be picky. Uh, Rashi Lagufe three lines up. Semer Lilbosh, you you only want to wear a certain kind of wool, certain color. Visafsa Lishdamish, you have the kind of chair that you want. So he got the instructions wrong. So there, uh, Rav Meir said uh, it's his. He has to eat the uh, he goofed. Avulaschoira, but when you're just buying merchandise, so uh, merchandise. So even though you wanted something else, it doesn't really matter. People buy. Uh, merchants, they buy different stuff. It's the Rashi, As long as you can make a profit on it, you don't really care. Uh, that's Vakio Siro Laushinehu. And if, if the price went up, so he didn't do anything bad, even though he ignored your instructions. His job at the end of the day is to make you money. Mm. He gets a good deal on something, so you thought to pick something else. You got this, but. At the end of the day, his job was to get you something that you... Uh, uh, so even Ramir might agree that you get a share over here. Um, so, so that can't... Maybe that argument isn't this argument. Really, both goes like Ramir. There's a contradiction. When you want to eat it, then you're picky. When you want to do business, then the sale goes through. They laughed at him when they heard this distinction. He says, Basically, sometimes a messenger represents the owner and sometimes he doesn't. But the way it works is like this. When you put the money down, 
the one who's selling it is transferring it to the new owner. So how does he know that when the messenger is representing someone else and the messenger is representing himself? Uh, who tells the owner of the wheat that he should transfer the wheat to the one who gave him the money and not to the one who he represented? Like, how would you know that? Like, uh, how Because how, how basically what happened was he bought something, the price went up, and uh, so he wants to keep the profit. And the other guy says, no, but you had in mind when you bought it to buy it for me. Yeah, but I, didn't, I ignored your instructions, so I bought it for myself. So the question is, it should boil down to, well, who technically owned it when he didn't follow instructions? So we're saying, but wouldn't that depend on the one that was the previous owner, who he meant to transfer it to? And who told him? Surely he knew how much. And then we have the principle, Zach and Adam Lolefanam. Uh, correct. I don't know at that time if the, it was the schus. So, in other words, it maybe the price went up later. I don't know that there was an immediate benefit. Um, Richard is saying that if if it was a benefit at that time, then it would have transferred to the original. But I, I don't know if that uh, if at that moment it was a, as a it, the price had gone up. So the bottom line the is though, the whole question. The question that they have is like, how does the person who sent them know? You know, and he, and he took uh, control over it that time because he didn't, didn't have cell phones. Of course, he didn't know. Right, right. So that, that demonstrates that uh, he wouldn't be he would be okay with it. I, I guess the question is, can you say that he meant to give it to whoever is supposed to get it? You know, I don't know whether it's this guy's money or he's acting on someone else's behalf. Is there such a thing as like you know whatever? <laughs> but then, but we don't think so. That they laughed at it because they they understood that there has to be something he has in mind. So that's really the question. Okay, Masilei Rav Shmuel Bar Saratuti. This is a great name. Bar Misar Misasruti, Misasruti. Sounds Italian. Sasruti. Okay, Rav Shmuel, the son of Sasruti. That's not the name of it. That was his dad, was Sasrati. Mr. Sasrati. So, I mean, even when you buy grain, you don't know who it's going to. So, there, clearly, you're doing what you're supposed to. You are not you. You are the person you represent. And therefore, it's as if the Balabais himself bought it. So, even though he has in mind to give it to you, uh, that's fine because you are a representative. Teda, how do we know the Tanan? Let's say somebody donates their property to the base of Migdash. Or somebody donates their value. He does Erchen. He gives his value to base of Migdash. Um, and so uh, you give away everything to the. When a person really needs a big favor from Hashem, that's like you give it all away. You know, you donate it all. So, uh, but then uh, your wife uh, isn't real happy about this. You donated her wardrobe. And so the base of Mikdash is at the door with the uh, to pick up everything, and uh, she says, "Wait a second! Uh, you, you, he, he donated my what?" <laughs> so lo uh, ishto. So even though he donated it all, they are not allowed to collect the wife's clothing. over the kids' clothing, Or if there was dye set aside to dye the wife's clothing, or Women in their shoes, or they had brand, brand new shoes, sandals waiting for them. So basically, 
we're saying here that when somebody does a deal with the Beis Amigdash to give it all away, it doesn't include the wife's and the kid's stuff. Why? Uh, how does the dyer know that it's for the wife? He's representing uh, whoever ordered the dye. He's like the wife's hand. When you hire somebody, they represent you. And so whoever, uh, the, the dyer who has made special color that the wife ordered, He's representing her, and therefore, whatever the husband gave away to the Beis Amigdash did not include that. Uh, he says, I, I, people don't always have in mind to exclude it, even though they're going to be in big trouble. Does a person have in mind to give away his tefillin uh, when he gives it all away? Usually a person needs their tefillin. They can't give it to the Beis Amigdash. They let him keep the tefillin. They make a special exception and he'll have to buy it back because the person wasn't thinking. Because when you donate everything, you're thinking it's a mitzvah to give it all away. Even the tefillin. But he knows that uh, he's going to have Ava, that his wife is going to uh, be very upset with him if he gave away her clothing. She really is not going to appreciate that or if she gave away the kid's clothing. So he would have to buy that back as well? Correct, correct. But but we're saying he didn't have in mind to do that because he knew that that wouldn't go over well when he gets home. Oh, honey, I gave it all away. Aren't we talking about donating a value? Once you donate a value, you're going to get a knock at the door from the collectors. Does the person want to be collected from? So uh, did, did he have that in mind? It's as if he, he gave it all away. He, in other words, sometimes a person doesn't think. He just gives. And then later on, he realizes, whoops. You know, we'll stop here at the uh, Tanur Abanin. Um, yeah, we'll stop here at the Tanur Abanin. Somebody who buys a field in the name of somebody else, they had a good trick, which is sometimes you bought something and they gave you trouble and said, oh, I, I didn't mean to sell it to you or there's a problem here. So what they would do is they'd say, I'm buying for the Reish Galusa. And people didn't mess with the Reish Galusa, the XLR. Um, and so then the question is, the document says the Reish Galusa. He had in mind to give it to the Reish Galusa. I was only kidding. So can, does he need to get a document from the Reish Galusa that it's really his? And that'll be the discussion uh, for tomorrow. Um, so I hope to do the Zoom. And I'm really hoping I'll be back and, and actually doing this 7 o'clock and the 9 o'clock tomorrow. But uh, there's a big storm coming, so... We have to have Safi Nishmaya or the. What? Yeah, yeah. There's a, a colleague of mine. His daughter's getting married, so. Oh, okay. So, so we'll have the question thing on the Zoom. Yeah, Mr. Shem. Yeah. Uh, what uh, you know? Last week, uh, I, I guess you're.